Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We really do. Yeah. And in fact, you said we got a brand new car. Uh, that kind of enca- encapsulates all of the big news stories from this past year when it came to auto. Well, the automotive, automotive story. Yeah. yeah. We had, in fact, we may wind up doing a blog post. Yeah. Uh, it, and the kind of car we got doesn't matter. It was just the, the experience, experience we went through. Yes. And what we learned while we oh were shopping boy, did we for learn a stuff. new car. But we have an expert with us. Yes. Who knows. A whole lot more about car stuff than we do. That's why we get him on the radio. He is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and he is Tom Appel. Hey, Tom. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Hi. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Well, you've been here when Sidney Friedman's been with us, haven't you? A couple of times. A few yeah. times. Yeah. And, and you will back it up when it's kind of like, oh, what just happened moment, right? <laughs> It's it's impressive because there isn't an easy answer. There is not. Uh, in fact, let me just say on the radio, when we go to Carnival to see him live doing a whole show, you got to come join us. You and your wife, Jill, have to come join us. That'll be a party. Oh, I love that. Yes. I love that. Wait a minute. Maybe we could broadcast from one of those shows. Ooh. 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 On that Saturday night thing that we got yeah. going on. In fact, oh, oh, management types, if you're listening, yes. hint, hint, hint. Uh, speaking of that, Tom has agreed to join us on a somewhat regular basis on Saturday nights to answer our car questions and we do appreciate that we got a lot of ground to cover forward to that. but uh before we get into any of the other ground we should do a blatant plug uh you are going to be uh, launching a new consumer guide automotive park podcast right yeah yeah um we are back we took a hiatus um, some management changes at Consumer Guide. It was just a good time to take a break. We had cranked out about 150 episodes. Loved doing it. It was very successful. And we bring that back next month. Uh, January 16th will we'll mark the return of the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast. And people can access it uh, where? On, online? It'll be live on radio, so you can stream the live show. And then it'll be available wherever podcasts are available a few hours later. Okay. And, and I'm going to say this publicly. Tom, you really are going to get the the audio that we put together for you. That, that long story short, uh, while we're in Florida at the the studio that we use in Florida, we recorded some things for Tom for his new podcast coming up. And Which I am very grateful. And well, you haven't heard it yet. Uh, <laughs> and we came back to Chicago before Thanksgiving, and we have been so wrapped up with tons and tons of things that we just haven't physically got the audio to you that will happen this coming week that's that my new year's resolution is in the first week of the new year before our first broadcast of our new saturday night show you will have that audio so all right sounds good mark this tape all right you sit tight tom we're going to take a quick break come back and we're going to get down to the business of car news from this year what were the big stories if you guys have any questions 312-981-7200 you can text them you can call us with those questions and we will be talking cars here on wgn steve king and johnny putman at wgn radio in for Lisa Dent, that's uh, the beatles baby you can drive my car and on that song yes they do the cadillac four note horn (laughs) don't take us harmony please stop that Uh, uh, 
and, and, and he's proven that to me, so I believe him. That is the Cadillac horn that you hear in that song. We all buy it now. It's, it's the four-note harmony. Four-note harmony, right, and Tom, Tom Appel? We, we were shocked and, and appalled that Tom Appel no, no didn't know that. I, no, no, no. I didn't know that. Time out. I did not know that. Tom, he said we. That's you, not me. Because I sat here just like Tom going, what in the world are you thinking? <laughs> And for those of you who wonder what the heck we're talking about, uh, you'd have to look in the Stephen Johnny Show podcast to find the conversation. But uh, do a Google search for Cadillac four-note horn. That will explain lots of it to you. Mm-hmm. But don't do that right now because we're talking right now on the radio uh, with Tom Appel talking cars. And what would you say is the big car story of 2022? What What is hands down the big story we will remember from this year? Uh, the big one, the single big one's got to be the supply chain issues and the difficulty people had in buying cars yes. and what they had to pay for them if they found them. Yes, yes. You, Low you are, inventory. You are, you're singing our song. Oh, shopping. We could not believe having not purchased a car in 15 years. We could not believe walking into a dealership and they said, we ain't got nothing. We got nothing. We got something coming in, but and it's already... The, the new cars that they had didn't have some of the chips. Yeah. And... Uh, as Johnny said, the inventory, it just wasn't there. And, Tom, I think we told you our experience was when a car didn't have a chip, and more often than not it was a safety chip for some kind of safety feature, they would give you a $50 rebate on that, $50, and tell you that they would not be retrofitting it when the chips came in. And that's really yeah, hard credit, for Go ahead. The credit never felt appropriate for the uh, no for the lack of the lack of convenience or the lack of actual utility. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Wow. And, and then there was uh, just kind of a parenthetical thing. We had one car we were about ready to buy, and the day that we were supposed to go to the dealership to uh, take it for a test drive, get a call from the salesperson. He said, "Uh." You might not want to show up today. Because, Actually, he was almost in tears. Yeah, he said the dealership was broken into. Your car was uh. one of the ones that was stolen. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm going to kind of really fast cut to the chase on this. So we wind up. We're looking for a lot of cars, and the day that we got the car that we wound up buying, we turned into a dealership accidentally. It happens to be. In the same area as the dealership we were going to, we pulled into the wrong parking area, and we thought, well, we're here. Okay, let's go in, take a look. And we walked in, and they said, what are you looking for? And we told them. They said, well, we have one One. of those, and it has all the chips and everything, and it was a 2023 model. And we looked at it, and we thought, well, interesting. Then we sat in it, and they said, well, take it for a test drive. We took it for a test drive. By the time we got back from the test drive, we were sold. Mm-hmm. We wound up buying it, but that to us also underscored the importance of a test drive in a car. Yeah, and Tom, I, I, I'm I'm fearful that it's going to come down to if we continue dealing with these shortages, where people will be buying cars on paper and they won't be test driving them. Do you see that happening too? Well, it is happening. We know a lot of people have purchased Teslas. Um, without having driven them, because Tesla has so few actual locations where someone can come and see a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, They're being sold on reputation. They're being sold by what people have read. And and I'm I'm glad people read about cars. But on the other hand, everyone has individual needs and individual tastes, and they should absolutely spend an hour or two with a vehicle before they buy it. And uh, again, to underscore the importance of that, 
the vehicle that that we had been looking at prior to the vehicle that we bought we went through several different iterations of that vehicle because we couldn't find seats that were comfortable mm-hmm. and if the seats yeah. aren't comfortable they ain't going to get comfortable yep. right now i'm driving the ford uh, ford explorer timberline and the timberline is a new trim level mm-hmm. and it's an it's what they call an overland model but it's beefed up and it looks more off-roadery off-roady but there are some compromises made for that cool look and that's different wheels and tires and different suspension settings and it does not ride as quite as refined as a conventional explorer and and I, if someone bought this site on scene they might be disappointed with that oh, ride and mm-hmm. that would be very unfortunate since you're making five or six years payments on the vehicle yeah absolutely with that particular car is it um is it comfortable for you a a, a, a tall man yeah, I like it a lot. I fit just fine in the vehicle, and I like the riding handling, actually. Hmm. Um, but I think some people might find it too firm. Okay. Uh, would you, you mentioned Tesla. Would you say that, that Tesla was one of the top five stories of the year? Because remember, pre-COVID, didn't Musk make some big promises about we would have some kind of, what, robotic cars? We would have more cars that we'd never seen before. Right. The future was finally here. And, and was it a Tesla that bur- burned up when they were, uh, or caught on fire when they were testing the automatic driving thing? Or uh, am I confusing my stories? Uh, I'm not sure if there was a Tesla that caught fire during a full self-driving test, but there have been several Tesla fires, and, and they're famously made made news of very quickly because there's, for as many Tesla fans as there are, there's an equal number of detractors, so the story gets around. But Tesla um, made a lot of news this year, and absolutely, I think just the Tesla story in general, <laughs> definitely one of the top five stories of the year. Yeah. Well, what about self-driving cars? Didn't we think we'd be further along, that more, more self-driving cars would be out there by now? Or is this just my love of the Jetsons? You know, I'm I'm just loving the concept of self-driving cars. I thought there would be more by now. You think there would be, and we've hit a very interesting point. You have two companies now that still are pushing very hard in this in this category, probably the ones that are leading in terms of the technology, and that's Waymo uh, and and uh, General Motors Cruise, Cruise Automation. Mm-hmm. And the two companies are testing vehicles with, with government approval, um, usually with an onboard monitor, but someone who isn't driving. And they are actually operating um, taxi services, I think mostly in San Francisco and a couple mm-hmm. of other cities. Mm-hmm. So they're working on it, but it's obviously a work in process. And it seems like the further they get, the further we realize that there's more than work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And famously this year, Argo AI, which was a self-driving technology joint venture between Ford and Volkswagen, just disbanded. They just Really? Yeah, that's, that's interesting because there have been uh, people that are on Facebook. It's been popping up in my feed a lot for the past two weeks. The pictures of this car that you're talking about as if, wow, this is going to happen. It's so cool. Here's the information. And now you say they've just abandoned the project. Yeah, Argo has, has backed away, and who knows what Ford and Volkswagen are doing with what technology they brought to the table, but there hasn't been any public announcement about where they're going from there. It's also possible that Waymo, which was originally going to build its own car, and that seems like something they're not going to do, though, they're just going to develop the technology, may become a supplier of autonomous driving technology to other manufacturers. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but it is General Motors' intention to actually sell self-driving vehicles. It wasn't one of the other big General Motors stories that uh, General Motors is now going to be buying out some of the Buick dealerships if the Buick dealerships don't agree to uh, to go, go with the all-electric Buicks that are in the pipeline? 
Yeah, this happened first with Cadillac, and, and, and actually I think we discussed this on air. Uh, there were just a lot of Cadillac dealers, and General Motors were just interested in, uh, interested in consolidating uh, its network. And then when they went to EVs, and Cadillac now sells an EV you can buy, that's the lyric, um, a lot of Cadillac dealers chose not to go with the new program and invest the money that they were being asked to invest, and there are fewer Cadillac dealers. And that's going to happen with Buick dealers, too. Buick dealers are actually being asked to commit less money, between 300000 and half a million dollars. But some dealers may not want to do that. They may be in locations where they don't think they're going to sell a lot of EVs or they don't do enough Buick volume. So we are going to see fewer Buick dealers in the future. And why is that a good thing for General Motors? You, you would think that they would want their name and their brands in more places, and now they're saying, eh, no, not so much. So. Yeah, it's a little counterintuitive, but what we see is that companies or brands like Toyota and Honda, for example, sell really high volumes of vehicles from relatively few dealerships. And this works well for the brands because these dealerships are larger, have better equipment, have better training, and they can they have the manufacturer has better control over these large high volume dealers. And that's what manufacturers want. They don't like small dealers that infrequently do business with the brand. They usually have other brands and they're not committed. Um, so they would prefer to have standalone large dealerships that are very well equipped. We have a lot of ground to cover with Tom Appel. 312-981-7200. Some texts are coming in. So stay with us as we talk cars here on WGN. Steve King and Johnny Putman at WGN Radio and for Lisa Dent. And we're talking cars with the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. That would be Tom Appel. And Tom, uh, the blatant plug light just jumped on. So if people want to get to you and follow you, how do they do that and where do they do that? Yeah, just check us out at consumerguide.com. If you're not interested in buying a car, just go to our blog. That's where the fun stuff is, and the link is right there. And the podcast is back next month. Well, I've got some questions for you from a 773 area code, Tom. And Steve and I were talking about this off the air, and we went, what? The listener says, the dealer said we had to pay a fee for prepping the car and other common items. It was an $800 fee. Find another dealer now. True, yeah, true that, cost. That's the short answer. Yeah, dealer true cost care. Used to be a thing. True cost car buying program, or or through. They probably did voice to text. It says, "What if the dealer wants to charge an extra fee for extending the manufacturer's warranty on top of the fee for prep?" So. Again, that, really, two separate questions. If I'm following this, Tom. Uh, because a lot of dealerships do offer the option of an extended, extended warranty, warranty, which has zero to do with car prep. Yeah, if you're buying an extended warranty, and it's not something I always recommend, but if you do, make sure it's backed by the manufacturer. That's your first thing. And then you can check around on price for that, and you don't have to buy it at the time of purchase. You can add it later. So don't be pressured into doing that when you buy the car if you're not sure you want to do that. But dealer prep is a thing that went away years and years and years ago, and no manufacturer actually charges that anymore. In fact, uh, dealerships are paid a small sum of money by the manufacturer to prep the vehicle. Really? Yeah. And and isn't one of the problems that right now a lot of dealers, I would say most dealers, are getting close to or sticker price for the vehicles because of the shortage of vehicles Mm -hmm. and chips and everything else? Yeah, no dealing. 
Yeah, earlier in the year, uh, new vehicles were still, something like 80 to 90% of new vehicles were selling at or above sticker. Mm-hmm. That number has come down since then. The, the supply problem has eased a little bit. But yeah, cars are still going for pretty much asking price. But as some people have pointed out with the um, the cost of purchasing the car combined with the uh, the rate that you might end up paying, as you said, Tom, for five or six years, some people are just saying, well, maybe I'll hold on to this used car for a while longer instead mm-hmm. of you know taking the leap to a new car. Um, a listener yeah, that, that does seem to be happening. From a 630 area code says, I have a 2001 Acura TL. Why in the world didn't they put a key lock on the trunk? My battery died and I couldn't get my lithium starter pack out of the trunk because there's no key lock. Wow, I wasn't aware that there wasn't a key lock on that car. Uh, that's going back a bit, but that's a very good question, and that's a great reason to test drive a car and walk around it because very few cars have a, t- have a key lock anymore. Spe- speaking of things, possible uh, none do. Speaking of things, very few cars have. One of the other things that uh, kind of nudged us in the direction of buying the car that we got, it was possibly one of the f- well, for sure, one of the few cars that we tested that actually came with a manual. <laughs> he was so excited. He's like, it has a manual in a cover that I can take in the rather, house and rather read. Rather than uh, download all the information yeah. while you're driving, download the information yes. and reading it. What? No. Instead of pulling over and looking it up in the index and then going to that page and reading what you have to do. Yeah, I, I got it once you explained all the details to me. Uh, another listener from an 847 area code said, I went to a dealer a couple of months ago and they said there was a $3,000 upcharge on a vehicle. A $3,000. So that's because they've got limited inventory yeah. and they can ask that because if you really need a car, you're going to go, right, Tom? Is that the, the thinking? Yeah, and, and some market some dealers are just calling it market adjustment, and I think that's the more honest thing to do. Uh, and they're just that's your starting point for negotiations. They're just starting higher, uh, and and depending on the car, they're getting it. You know, mm-hmm. if you're looking for something that's in high demand, especially an electric vehicle right now, something like a Kia EV6 or a Hyundai Ioniq 5, you're going to pay more than sticker. That's just the, the condition of the market right now. Okay, let me hold you on electric vehicles. General yeah. recommendation. Is now the time to jump into the electric uh, uh, pool, or do you think we should wait for a while? Are the uh, the batteries going to improve? Are you going to get longer mileage? Should you go for a hybrid, or what's your take? Um, we're not going to see any major technical advances in the auto in the EV range until uh, solid state batteries come online in a few years, and then there's going to be a very big improvement. Solid state technology is an advancement of lithium ion technology. It's coming close, but manufacturers are still having a hard time with it. But in terms of the incentives, the EV incentives, the best time to buy might be the first three or four months of next year, because the the new rules for the EV rebates from the federal government um, will not yet be in full force, and and uh, you might get a better deal. Once once uh, March comes along, the Treasury Department will have a list of vehicles that don't fully qualify, and the incentives, uh, the incentives are going to be reduced. And wow. something that we weren't aware of, but uh, a financial person turned us on to this, there are additional incentives for electric vehicles made in this country. 
Well, that is what is happening now. The, the, the Inflation Reduction Act mm-hmm. immediately re- reduced the, uh, the number of vehicles to just vehicles built in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that happened in August. Right. And the next year, what's going to kick in is uh, to qualify for the full 7500 bucks. the battery is going to have to be produced in the United States and include constituent materials, mostly cobalt and, and, and lithium, from friendly nations or the U.S. Wow. If they don't have that stuff, the the, the the incentive drops to thirty-seven fifty. But literally, it is worth it is worth thousands of dollars for you to take the time and look this up. Yeah, do it your will homework. make that yes. much difference. Yeah, Tom. Yes. Uh, in the the final thirty seconds we got here, uh, a listener looking at Hyundai. Are the new Hyundai's vulnerable to the the thing that bad guys are able to do, where they can break into your car and steal it? Are the new ones still vulnerable? No, as of 2022, no Hyundai vehicle is, is vulnerable to that uh, that ridiculous situation. Yeah, and they're still being stolen, but it's the older yeah. vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, we will see you on a Saturday night in the new year. Yeah, Tom has been I'm nice enough forward to, to that. Yeah. Uh, Tom has been nice enough to say that he will stay up and join us at least once a month on our Saturday night yeah. show. And for those of you who don't know, our new Saturday night show starts on the 7th of January. We'll be on from 9 p.m., Till 2 a.m. Saturday mm-hmm. nights into Sunday mornings. Absolutely. So. Thank you, Tom. Happy New Year and love to your family, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, guys. You too. Thanks a lot, Tom.